With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The all-electric Kia EV6 with up to 528 kilometres of range. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter essay. This is Sports Day. Welcome to the summer edition of Sports Day SA and Paul Bonza, Dan Menzel with you once again. Hope you've had a great Thursday and you can be part of the show on the open line, the Just Quality Home Improvements open line. It's 1300 736 736 or text in 0427 154 166. Men's g'day, how are you? AFL draw is out. AFL draw is out. I'm going well, thanks, Bonds, on this Thursday night. The AFL draw is out. I'm looking forward to getting into that. The Australians play South Africa in the World Cup tonight, so. We hope. Well, if it goes ahead, yes. Yes. There's we a hope. Bay of Bengal storm over there, but um, we will get into that uh, in around about half an hour's time. But let's get into the fixture because we've all been waiting for this. It is the hot topic for Era Gear to save time and water. Era Gear is here. Era Gear offers expert advice and better irrigation solutions. So the round one fixture is out. We know the opening round was out yesterday. Round zero. Round zero, the four games. <laughs> yes. um, and so if you haven't caught up to that, then tune in. But it's the four games in the New South Wales and Queensland, so the northeastern states. Round one, we mentioned it last night that we went early, that the Gold Coast Suns will host the Adelaide Crows. Well, yes. that was proven correct. They yes. will host them at Heritage Bank Stadium. Saturday night, 7.40, it will be here in Adelaide. So... The Crows, they take on Gold Coast in round one. You think they'd be happy with that game away to start the fixture? I think so. Like the, You can't play every opening round at home. So, I, yeah, I think that's not a bad start for them up there in the sunshine. And uh, their crosstown rival, the Power, they play Sunday at uh, 3.30 against West Coast Eagles. So a nice, easier start to the season uh, for the Power. Yes, potentially a tick there for them. But uh, they will prepare for the next uh, four months to take on West Coast at home. Yeah, it's um, a great, great start. Then they've got they've got like six of the first eight games at home port. So it's a great start for them. It is a really good start. I mean, I, I had a look at the, I guess, strength of schedule, you call it, and the difficulty yes. and degree of difficulty. Well, the Crows are around about eighth hardest and the Power are around about sixth hardest. So it's not as maybe as high as I thought it might be. Now, obviously, things change in there and... We might actually have a look at who they play twice, potentially. So you've got both the Crows and the Power there. Yeah, so Port play... These are the teams they play twice. They play Richmond, Melbourne, Frio, St Kilda, Adelaide, which they always do, and Carlton. So that's that's not bad. It's not. Oh, it's not bad. And again, the other thing that you mentioned that's not bad, and there's six of their first eight games at home. It does set them up nicely uh, to be able to contend next year. I think Port will be very happy with that. What about the Crows? Crows play... Geelong twice, Essendon, Port, Brisbane, Sydney, and Hawthorne. Yeah, again, not bad. A couple of really tough ones in there, but mm. not too bad. Um, so, yeah, I think they'll still be happy with their uh, fixture of the Crows. Now, they, they have uh, – the Crows have six Thursday night – six Thursday and Friday night games, including five at home. 
Yeah, so that so there's that was something they asked for. They play an attractive brand of footy now. They need to be seen by more eyes. Um, but the the showdown on a Thursday yep. night is the highlight, I think, for both the Crows and Port. Well, it is, and it's in round A, as you mentioned. But the Crows they host the showdown, which they will be wrapped with, and we might have a listen to their CEO Tim Silvers. I nearly don't know. It felt like I was bashing my head against the brick yeah. wall for, for a number of years. Um, but what what I've seen in my, my couple of years is that like, this is the biggest rivalry in footy. Mm. We keep delivering great games. There's a genuine uh, respect, rivalry, hatred, whatever you want to put it. And it, it deserves a national prominence, a national spotlight. I know last last year I think we got we got one on a Friday night. It might have been the year before, but it didn't get that national coverage. Right. And I think because we just keep delivering good games of footy, and it's all about resilience. If you just keep asking, you're mm. a chance. So uh, we pushed and pushed and pushed. And I, and I thought maybe when it got to the broadcasters that Thursday night wouldn't hang on. But, gee, I'm glad it did. And uh, it'll be massive for the state. It's good. I think Crows, Crows fans, Port fans, what do you think of the draw? Text in 0427154166. So, so Mens, you think Port, they'll be happy, won't they? Yeah, they will be happy. I, I will have, we might have a listen in a second to their CEO, but I think they will be happy, particularly with the start to the season. Uh, with six of their first eight games at home, conversely, the Crows, they have six of their games at home between rounds eight and 14. So what does that sound like? What does that tell me? tells me that the power need to get off to a fast start, and they should with those yes. home games. If you're a Crows fan and you get to round eight and you've got a 500 record, a four and four record, I think you're in a pretty nice position because six of those games between round eight and 14, you only go away once in that period. I think the Crows will be wrapped with their fixture as well. So they will be good if they can get to that period at round eight in a nice position. They will be ready to catapult. But let's have a listen to the Port CEO, Matthew Richardson, on their fixture. There's probably three three lenses that you look through. For our members and our fans, we've got a great mix of time slots at Adelaide Oval with some really feature games. Six games Adelaide Oval in the first eight weeks, obviously with uh, gather rounds in round four against the Bombers on a Friday night and then an away showdown on Thursday night, which is terrific for the first time. The best rivalry in Australian footy on, a, on free-to-air television, which is great, and then some feature games through there as well on a Saturday night against Melbourne. So we've got a really strong start to the year at home for our members and fans. Commercially, it's excellent. We've got, I think, seven of the 14 games so far on um, free-to-air and in prime-time slots. And then from uh, in terms of getting around the country, we play in um, just about every state once. So that's great for our, our members around the country. And we know that our, um, you know, our home members here in Adelaide love travelling around the country. Played the MCG three times, Marvel twice. So all in all, it's, um, it's a really good balance. And um, yeah, we're really happy with it. Port CEO Matthew Richardson there talking about their fixture. He makes a couple of very interesting points there. The MCG three times is good. Yes. If they're going to be contending, you want to play the MCG. Every player wants to play at the MCG, regardless of where of your course. home ground is. Uh, another couple of interesting ones in there. They they finish away against Fremantle in Perth. So you wouldn't want to leave it to the last game of the season to potentially sew up or get a final spot or that top four. So a tough one to finish. Uh, it is actually quite a tough finish for the power. They they have Melbourne away, the Crows in a showdown, and then Fremantle away. It is a tough finish uh, their last three games. They have five games that are Thursday or Friday night. So like the Crows, they've yes. been rewarded there, which is good to see. And their buy comes in round 13. I know that there'll be plenty of Port fans out there planning their year. 
and the Crows play away the final round as well. So there's no footy at Adelaide Oval in round 24. No, that's right. It's the, the last three for the Crows, the Bulldogs at home, Port Adelaide in that showdown, which is an away game. And they travel to Sydney to take on the Swans in the last game of the season. Their buy is in round 15. Uh, and uh, we mentioned they've got the six Thursday and Friday night games. So I do think that both teams will be... I mean, every team's going to be happy with their draw, aren't they? Of course. Everyone comes out and says, yeah, we're fan. Great draw. Well done, AFL. But maybe a few will be a bit a bit narky about it. It's a, it's a tough job to get it right, but uh, oh, I, th- I think the, both Adelaide teams should be very happy with it. It'd be one of the draw. hardest jobs in the world to try and do that. But the Crows have two five-day breaks, the Power one five-day break. They are tough, but I think both teams will be pretty happy. Men's, I'm going to give you a cricket update. The Redbacks have uh, done really well today. They bowled WA out for 205. So you're telling me we're back Sorry, in the game. Sorry, 204. So we're back in the game. But all of a sudden, just like that, we're back out of the game. <laughs> Not really. We're two for five. So Jake Carter out for a duck and Daniel Drew um, out for two. Oh, he's missed out again. Missed out again, Drewy. Oh, he'd be disappointed to be flat with that. So effectively, we... We're 12 runs behind after the first yeah. innings. Now, we've we've scored five in the second, but already lost two wickets. So we still trail by seven runs. Uh, Joel Paris, geez, isn't he bowling well? Two overs in this second innings. Yep. Guess how many runs he's gone for? Zero. <laughs> and he's taken a wicket as well off the back of his three wickets in the first inning. So, uh, okay, how many runs do we need to put on the board? We know that the Wacker is doing plenty. It's doing plenty. Uh, you need at least 200. Yeah. Because we will get better to bat on... Um, day three, so yeah, you know, day four. You need you need at least two hundred, two fifty. They might win the game. So we're relying on McSweeney and uh, Jake Carter, who had a forty nine. No, no, Jake Carter's, Jake Carter's out, out, so we need so Henry, Henry Hunt, Hunt to make some runs. We actually. need the skipper Limo. We need Fraser McGurk to make a quick fire eighty. Yeah, off sixty balls, something like that. That'd be good. It's either way, it's going to be an enthralling contest. Yeah, it's anyone's game at the moment. Time for the good oil. Thanks to Cobram Estate, Australia's most awarded extra virgin olive oil, grown, harvested and first cold pressed in northern Victoria. Now, Menz, you've been giving us your top five draft picks. We've had the number five draft picks. We've had the number four draft picks. Tonight is the number three draft picks of the last decade. Yes, number three draft picks between the years 2010 and 2019. Now, I found, I mean, the last two nights have been quite difficult ranking the number five and number four draft picks, but I found tonight's really difficult to the number three draft picks. So we'll do our top five. The five that didn't make it, I've got Sam Day, drafted in 2010. Mm-hmm. Dom Tyson, drafted in 2011. Lockie Plowman, drafted in 2012 to GWS, as mm-hmm. was Tyson. Jack, uh, sorry, Paddy Dow, 2017. So I haven't got him okay. in there. And Luke Jackson is missing out for mine as well, the 2019 draft. So I'll start at number five, and you can let me know if I potentially should have one of those five in there. At number five, I've gone with Jack Billings. He was in the 2013 draft, drafted at number three, as we know, 155 games, and he's kicked 108 goals in that time. So I have him in there at number five. Okay. What are your thoughts on him at five compared to those ones that Luke Jackson's a better player. Should be there. So I disagree with you. So you're thinking... On that one. I should have Jackson in at five over Billings. Jackson's played 74 games, so less than half the amount of games. Again, body of work for Billings, but less than half the amount of games, although he is a premiership player. Yes. It's an interesting debate. I'd, love, I'd love to know what you think, whether Billings should be ahead of Jackson currently at their career. Text in on 0427154166 or on any of these top four picks and whether they are in the right order. At number four, I've gone with Isaac Rankin. He's only played the 68 games. He's kicked the 93 goals. We know how good he is going to be. 
but so far with what he's done since he came into the competition in 2018, I have him ahead of Jack Billings at number four. At number three, I've gone with Angus Brayshaw. He was drafted in 2014. He's played 156 games, uh, but he is a premiership player. So Brayshaw, premiership player, 156 games. He comes in at number three, ahead of Rankin and ahead of Billings. Are you happy with Brayshaw ahead of Rankin, uh, Rankin, Billings, and Jackson so far? Yep. That leaves the top two. Now, again, these two were tough to rank. At number two, I've got... Uh, Hugh McLuggage. So he's played 155 games. He's kicked 97 goals in that time. I like a midfielder that can hit the scoreboard. Uh, Hugh McLuggage, he's had a couple of sensational years. He arguably should be a premiership player, but they didn't quite get over the line, and that uh, advantage was could play on in the grand final this year. But, uh, yeah, McLuggage is, uh, is my number two, which means that at number one, at pick three, in that decade, I've gone with Callum Mills. He's played 154 games. He was drafted in 2015. He's a captain of his footy club. He's a best and fairest winner. He's an All-Australian. And I have him ahead of McLuggage and Brayshaw. Interestingly enough, he's played 154, McLuggage 155, and Brayshaw 156. But I think Mills, his body of work so far is greater than the rest of them, which is why I have Callum Mills at one, McLuggage at two, Angus Brayshaw at three, Isaac Rankin at four, and Jack Billings at five. One of my favourite players, Callum Mills. So I have no issue with that. Really hard splitting those two, I agree. But I think Mills is slightly ahead. And, yeah, I would have had Jackson at five and Billings at six. It's, oh, it's a good argument. Good debate. I found that really tricky to rank the ones tonight. There was a few, seven or eight. So you're pushing Jack Billings. <laughs> no, not really. He I'm is. Just, I'm just saying he's out of the top five. Yeah, well, 155 games at St Kilda. We will watch and see how many games he plays at his new club at Melbourne in the future. So that is the number three picks of the last decade, ranked one to five by uh, the man in here, Dan Menzel. Thanks to Cobram Estate, Australia's most awarded extra virgin olive oil, grown, harvested and first cold pressed in northern Victoria. We are here thanks to Lumo Energy. Switch to the affirmative. Join Lumo Energy today and Kia. Kia's epic range on the Sportage, the Seltos, the EV6 GT. We got a text in, men's, uh, from uh, Jason. Jason's text in, Paul and Daniel, using our first names. Very Ooh, polite. Thank you, Jason. Uh, really enjoying the show. So, uh, Jason from uh, Maroolabark in Victoria, we, thanks for listening and appreciate your support. We yeah. do. We do appreciate your support. Uh, coming up next, have we got, we, we got Toddy Gray back on the show. Toddy's back. And we're going to speak to Tank later, the coach of the Giants. Championship winning Giants. Yes. Current holders of the Claxton Shield be with us. Uh, All coming up on the summer edition of Sports ASA. Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car. They made a grand utility vehicle. Kia Carnival GUV. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter essay. Welcome back to the summer edition of Sports ASA. Bonds and men's with you, and you can get involved. Just the Just Quality Home Improvements open line. It's one three hundred seven three six seven three six, or text zero four two seven one five four one double six. The AFL draw was out today. Tell us your feelings on that. Get on the text line. But uh, men's, we love talking to this bloke. We do. Uh, Greyhound Racing South Australia. No one runs the dogs like South Australia. It is the one, the only. Todd Gray. Welcome, Toddy. 
Give yourself a raise. There we go. We have him. Yes. Uh, no, mate, uh, I just I forgot to turn your mic on there for a second. So, so we missed all that good stuff you said about us. Say it again. No, I'm kidding. So, uh, look, how's things going, Todd? We haven't spoken to you for a couple of weeks. Yeah, just get, just getting by. Um, just keep, keep on grinding away, waiting for that illustrious email, which will pretty much decide by 2024. Trying not to get too grumpy with the fact that it's a few weeks late. Um, just just got my life on hold at the moment, which I don't really like. I don't like not being able to take a step um, backwards or forwards. But hopefully, um, hopefully that'll be rectified soon. So yeah, just just getting by, just staying out of trouble, not making it. Well, so just in a holding pattern at the moment. I hope that the greyhound you tip yeah. us tonight is not in the same holding pattern, Toddy, because uh, I like the trainer that you have picked to back in race four as your best. Uh, played local footy with Benny Rollins. He seems to have success, and you've gone with one of his greyhounds tonight. Uh, I haven't. Uh, speaking of football legends, it's owned by one as well. Uh, race three, number three, Texas Ear, part owned by uh, Taylor Walker himself. Great name. Uh, look, I reckon uh, fight really own really deserves a win soon. Uh, deserves one over to five ninety five here. So I'll try not to make this sound too confusing because there's two dogs I want to back in this race. So the main play is Texas Ear. Look, I think the two go straight to the front and just give Texas Ear a beautiful cart and this race. I reckon it'll sit on the outside of the two, which will struggle the last hundred meters, but the Texan won't. So um, race three, number three, Texas Ear as the main play. And just a little save on one, which has just got out the two bigger odds. Number seven, Dishonest. Um, really like what I saw of it last week for a weak race over to 5.95. This might not be weak enough, but at the odds, I'm happy to have a little, just a little save on it. So a good way to kind of spend 10 bucks in that race, for example, would be to probably have $8 on race three, number three, Texas Ear, and then just throw two bucks on the seven as well. If the three wins, happy days, we're all, and it all goes to plan, that's the best result. And if the seven causes the upset, we still make a couple of bobs. What about a value bet for us, Toddy? Uh, well, I found tonight really hard for another value, so I, I got another. I got another best bet for you, lads, and it's in the penultimate race eleven, number two, Faint Tyson. I think tonight, tonight he finally cracks it for a win over the five hundred meters. Um, been running good without being great. This race, look, uh, he ran a PB of thirty ninety on Adelaide Cup night. That race, that time will win this race. I think he goes straight to the front here. I'm surprised he's not favourite. The five is. I think that'll swap by the time I get to the boxes at start time. Look, if he goes straight to the front, can't make any excuses, won't make any excuses, think he holds them all out. If the favourite, current favourite in five leads him, I reckon if he lobs right on a tammy, he can still run it down. So race 11, number two, faint Tyson over, lead all the way or find the front pretty easy and then catch me if you can. You're an absolute superstar, Todd. Thanks for joining us, mate. No worries. Cheers for having me as always, legend. Todd Gray from Greyhound Racing SA. And imagine what you could be buying instead for free and confidential support. Visit gamblinghelpline.org.au. And men's, here's a quicker a community update. Be alert and prepared this bushfire season. Stay up to date on all bushfire warnings online with the South Australian with the South Australian Country Fire Service, visit cfs.sa.gov.au. The community update is thanks to the new Fire Coat, the first paint proven to protect property in high-risk fire conditions. It is available at Bunnings Warehouse. Now, Bonds, we've got some breaking news. The Redbacks have taken the lead. All right. Two for 14. We haven't lost another wicket. So we're in front. We mentioned we probably need 200 on... uh, We lead by two. We lead by two. So we needed 200 on a green wicket. Uh, 
So it's going to be a pretty close game. Speaking of cricket, the ODI World Cup semi-final tonight. Australia taking on South Africa. So after the break, we'll bring the toss. We'll talk about who has won that and whether we have elected to bat or bowl or if South Africa wins that toss. And talk about King Coley. What a magnificent innings from the great man last night. We do need to get into steered that India game to victory. Um, it was unbelievable. And we're going to speak to Chris Adamson from the Giants as well. Back uh, very, very soon here on the summer edition of Sports ASA. Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car. They made a grand utility vehicle. Kia Carnival GUV. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter essay. Welcome back to the summer edition of Sports ASA. Paul Bonds and Dan Menzel with you. You can be part of the show. Just Quality Home Improvements open line. Text in 0427154166. AFL draws out. Tell us what you think about it. And also um, give us a call. 1300 736 Time for our uh, ODI World Cup update. Thanks to Henley Homes. Designs with drop prices, all the luxuries, and now seven-star energy efficiency, which is always good, men's. It is always good. And let's start with India taking on New Zealand last night in the first semi-final. It was in Mumbai. We mentioned that whoever won the toss was in the box seat. India won the toss. They batted first, as you expected. They made four for 397. Virat Kohli, 117. Is that Brilliant. his 50th? ODI it was his fiftieth ODI uh, to overtake Tendulkar. Tendulkar held the record at forty nine. He was with him, and then uh, he was at the ground as well. Tendulkar uh, made his fifty, signaled to to such and yep. signaled to his wife. Do you know what? the Beautiful other thing moment. I love about this? There was some audio from Vera uh, maybe a week or two weeks ago, and he mentioned about how Sachin is his hero and is always going to be his hero. So it's not really a competition. It's I'm just so proud to be up there and love that from Virat. Um, Shreyas Iyer, he's putting together some nice form as well. He, he scored 105 off just 70 deliveries. In reply, New Zealand, they were gallant. They Kane, were. Kane Williamson, 69. Daryl Mitchell, what a tournament he has had. 134 Brilliant. he made off 119 deliveries. But it was always going to be a tough ass. They were bowled all out for 327. And Muhammad Jami, while Virat is the player of the tournament so far, but this guy is not far behind. Seven for 57 he took. Seven for. A seven for in a one-day match where they made 327. It's it's equal to a 200. It is. It's uh, unbelievable. Considering that Bumra, who's been unbelievable, took one for 64. So he, he didn't find it that easy. Mohamed Siraj went at 8.67, 1 for 78, and uh, Kuldeep Yadav, 1 for 56. Jadeja didn't even take a wicket. So Shami, 7 for 57, the informed bowler in the tournament, and they are going to be mighty hard to beat Sunday night in the final. Yes, uh, just going back to the Coley's 50 hundreds. So he's done that in 291 matches at an average of 59. Tendulkar did it in 463 matches, and the next two closest... Rohit Sharma, 31 in 261 matches. And Ricky Ponting, 30 in 375 matches. So he's clearly the best one-day player Without of a all doubt. time. Without doubt, he is the best one-day player of all time. And he'll continue on. It's, it's yeah, a great... It's not finished yet. No, exactly. It's, it's been incredible. Virat Kohli and 
He looks like he potentially might be the player of the final as well. Come the weekend now, the game that we are interested in, the most interest here in Australia, is Australia taking on South Africa tonight in Kolkata. And we've got the toss. We can go to it, men's. Let's do it. Sandbrick, you give it a good spin. Heads. Heads is the call. It's a tail. Timber, you've decided to bat. Um, was the potential for weather a complication? Uh, I did come into consideration, um, but I think those are things that you can't really consider. Um, we've looked obviously at our strengths as our team, our makeup, and we'd like to go with Perry first. Um, any lingering concerns about your own fitness? Uh, yeah, not 100% fit, um, but I think it's just going to have to be good enough. Um, how much pride do you have in captaining your team in this particular occasion? Yeah, um, it's, it's massive. Um, never tra- not something that I really dreamt of, um, having that responsibility, um, coming in in the semi-final against a powerful a unit like Australia, um, carrying all the hopes and aspirations of people back home. Um, so, I mean, don't want to think about it too much. Um, we have a game of cricket that we need to um, focus on, but yeah, it means a lot to me. And, and how much inspiration have you taken from your rugby counterparts? Yeah, massive. Um, he actually sent me a, m- a message this morning. Um, uh, heartfelt message, just wishing us luck, uh, myself as well as the team. Um, we obviously so, I mean, South Africa have uh, won the toss. Uh, Bavuma just chatting there about rugby, and we don't need to hear about No, nah, well, we might. We might. <laughs> we'll try and grab um, Pat Cummins when yep. he gets uh, to the microphone, but that's still a little while away. Not not the desired result for Australia. Nah. It would have been good for... Um, Good for the Aussies to to bat first, and that audio is thanks to our good friends at Fox Cricket. Yeah, which I think Pat Cummins would have done, and we'll hear from him in one minute. But yeah, South Africa, the reason they wanted to bat first, they've put on four scores in this tournament over 350, so that's why they're batting first. Here is Pat Cummins. On this pitch. Yeah, we would have had a bat as well, um, but you know, it's pretty gloomy out there, so maybe a bit of swing early. Um, South Africa have been pretty much a bogey team for you over the last 12, 18 months. Any particular reasons for that? Uh, I don't think so. Um, you know, they play a pretty similar style to how we play. I think they match up, um, yeah, similarly in, in all the roles. So, yeah, unfortunately, they've won the last few, but, uh, yeah, I think we're due. Um, one of the favourable things for you is the fact that you have seven players who know what it takes to win a 50-over World Cup. How important is that experience on a day like today? Uh, hopefully, yeah, really important. Um, yeah, we've been in these positions before and come out the other side. So when it gets a little bit tired and there's a bit of pressure, we've got, got um, a lot of experience we can draw on. Um, after an early wobble in the tournament, you've put together uh, an impressive run of results. What's been the key for you? Yeah, you know, we went at our best those first couple of games and I think we learnt, um, you know, what we look like when we're not at our best and we've adjusted really well. So I think you've seen... So men's really uh, Pat Cummings... Uh, yeah. Pat Cummins, I should say, a captain of Australia. Would have uh, batted first. Would have batted first. Yep. And, um, but it just means that they've got to, got to chase. chase down whatever South Africa make. Correct. And what what will that be? Well, Matthew Hayden has reported over there, 300 seems like a pretty good total. So if we can restrict them to 250 or somewhere under the range of 300, then they'll back themselves in to be able to chase that down. So that starts in around about half an hour. And there is the side, and they've left out Marcus Stoinis and played Marnus Labashane. Marnus is in, Stoinis out. Okay, big decision there. It, uh, it means we bat a little bit deeper, at least. I think so, too. Hey, men's, uh, let's move on to your new segment. My favourite segment. Top of the tree. Thanks to Toolkit Depot, tools, equipment, safety gear, and workwear. 
Toolkit Depot Black Friday sale is coming soon in store and online November 20 to November 27. Giraffes eat from the top of the tree. Not too many animals can eat from the top of the tree. Well, you just keep delivering with these stingers, Bonds. Top of <laughs> the tree. Might change that one up, I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> so the top of the tree, we, we did it last week. And so for those who don't know what it is, it's the top of the tree. Who's at the top of the tree in our power rankings? And that is all of Australian sports. So NBL, A-League, WBBL, AFLW and ABL starting soon. So we're going to go off the previous week's rankings. Yes, I can run through last week's tree. At the top of the tree, Adelaide United, Melbourne United from the NBL second, Adelaide Crows, women's team third, Melbourne Demons, Adelaide Strikers, WBBL, Melbourne Victory, Tassie Jack Jumpers, Sydney Thunder, Wellington Phoenix in the A-League, and at number 10 was Southeast Melbourne Phoenix. Yeah, so that was our 10 from last week. So who has fallen out of the tree? Well, who has fallen out of the tree, man? this week's rankings, there's been a few. There's calamity in the rankings. So Southeast Melbourne has fallen out just. They were at 10. They're just Ooh. out this week. Wellington Phoenix are also out. They were at 9. They haven't done a lot wrong, but they fall out. The Sydney Thunder have just missed out as well. They were at wow. 8. But a couple of the big ones, the Melbourne Demons in the AFLW, they were at 4. They are out. And Adelaide United, the number one ranked team last week, the top of the tree, they have fallen out of the tree. They're not in this week's top 10. That's a fall from grace. It's a massive fall from grace. I, I attempted of leaving them in there, but when you lose 5-1 at a home... Uh, fair enough. Yeah, it's probably fair enough. So fair enough. let's start with number 10. And at number 10, it's the AFL Crows AFLW team. They're down from number three. I keep them in there because they probably should have beat Brisbane last week. And they have a second chance. So if they win this week, they still can win the flag. I've got them in there at number 10. At number nine... Brisbane Heat, welcome to the rankings. The Brisbane Heat WBBL side, they are going along nicely. They deserve their spot in there at number nine. While we're on Brisbane, we'll go to the Brisbane Lions in the AFLW. They're new to the rankings, and they come in at number eight. I've left a couple of teams here. So the Tasmanian Jack Jumpers at seven, I've held on them. In the NBL, they stay at seven. I really like what they're doing. Didn't like it on the weekend against the 36ers, but they are playing some good basketball. And the same with the Melbourne Victory at number six. I've kept them in at position number six. Again, a draw on the weekend, but they're looking pretty solid this year. So they stay at six, which means that we've got to the top five of our rankings. And the Perth Scorchers in the WBBL, they're new to the rankings, Bonds. They are playing some good cricket. They're coming in at number five. At number four, I've got the Adelaide Strikers in the WBBL. They've moved up one spot. A bit uh, low, I reckon. Yeah, you said that last <laughs> week, but uh, I'm just keeping them there. They're, they're on top of the table, equal top in the WBBL, which leaves us to our top three. And I've gone with the North Melbourne AFL women's team. They're new to the rankings. They come in at number three. And the main reason is they beat Melbourne last week, not in a close game like Brisbane did. They smashed the Melbourne Demons in the AFLW. 50-9, to that's why they come in at number three on our rankings, which leaves us to our top two. I've got another team that's new to the rankings. At number two, it's, I've gone to the A-League. It's the Western Sydney Wanderers. They are on top of the table. They've scored nine goals and only conceded two goals in their four games so far. Really like what they're doing against some really tough opposition as well. Fair enough. So I'll put them in at number two, which leaves us to our number one team. And again, I think this is the best team in all of Australian sport right now. If you're not sure you disagree, text in on 0427-154-166. At number one, it is Melbourne United in the NBL. They were ranked number two last week. I've moved them up one spot. I, look, they are clearly 
flying at the moment. They had they got players out injured and they're still winning. Exactly right. They are showing everyone in the NBL that they are the best team in the comp. And for mine, they're the best team in the country currently uh, with a few other teams close to the top of the tree. I, I, I'm not... I'm not going to criticise. No, I'm going, no, I'm going to criticise yep. you. <laughs> it's a big fall to fall from number one to not be in the top ten. Without a doubt, it's a big fall. But they lost. Like you get you get hurt doing that, falling yeah. from the top of the tree out. Well, completely. they lost, they lost five one at home. Okay. Um, so that is where if they okay. back that up, I mean, they're not in the top three teams in the A League anymore. So I've moved them out. Fair. I've moved them out. They can come back in, but Adelaide United need to be better in the next game. Love it, men's top of the tree, and every uh, every Thursday we'll have a new top of the tree, and some people can fall from one to outside, gone. outside gone of the tree. Skin. They've hit the ground under the tree in a tent under the tree. <laughs> <laughs> They'll reset. They'll be okay, and they might get back into the rankings pretty soon. But no, it's a it's a bad loss from Adelaide United, which has cost them in the rankings. Top of the tree, thanks to our good friends at Toolkit Depot, tools, equipment, safety gear, and workwear. Check them out. Don't forget there. Black Friday sale is on very soon. Just yes, reminding Mince. everyone, South Africa won the toss. The game starts in about 20 minutes. They are batting first. So Australia will need to bowl, need to try and restrict that really powerful lineup to under 300. And the Redbacks have lost another wicket. Oh, Henry Hunter's out for 16. We are three for 29. With a lead of 17. Again, we probably need to get up to about 200. So a tough task against WA there. Uh, this is the summer edition of Sports Day SA. Sports Day SA. On Cruise 1323 and 1629 SENSA. Men's, the uh, Adelaide Giants kick off their title defence this weekend. Uh, They've got a series against the Brisbane Bandits, and we're lucky enough to have. Uh, their coach, Chris Adamson. 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 That's it, Adamson. <laughs> That's on. He's brought to us by Tire Power Holiday Getaway Sale. It's on now with huge value on selected Falcon passenger and SUV tyres. Chris, uh, welcome to Sports Day SA. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Um, how's your off-season been? And have you been over with the Phillies again? Uh, yeah, I have. The off-season was, was good for a lot of the guys here. I, uh, I kind of just went into my full-time job over there and yeah, I was over with the the Phillies in the minor leagues for about eight months this year, so you know, very excited to get back. So I had a little bit of downtime, and now ready to roll again. I was going to say that's not a lot of downtime nah. if you're over there doing that. Um, who's been the standout for you? I know you have a very short preseason, but but who's impressed you uh, leading up to this weekend's games? Um, yeah, there's a lot to like with a lot of the guys. I'm actually I've been really impressed with a lot of our younger, you know, South Australian kids that you know were back here. Going to like finishing up their school and getting ready for various tournaments and trips all around the world. And you know, we've got a couple of really good young kids coming through. There's a, a couple of kids, Nick Paparella and uh, Drew Davies from Southern Districts, that have been doing an outstanding job. And Zach Altamura is another kid that continues to grow. And you know, he's only 16 and he'll actually be on the roster for the first time this week. Um, he's from the Sturt Baseball Club, which has been awesome. And you know, a couple of the young pitchers, Jack Bushel's another one from Goodwood that's just going from strength to strength. So you know, to see them out and just really competing with these, you know, significantly more experienced guys has been amazing, you know, and the, the imports are really just complementing them. So it's been really cool to see their growth just in a pretty short period of time. Yeah, Chris, I'm excited about the upcoming season, but I just want to take you back to last year, the 43-year drought ended. Just want to know the 5-2 game victory over Perth Heat, how were the celebrations and how long did they last for? <laughs> um, yeah, they were, they were pretty, pretty lengthy. 
You know, we had to squeeze 43 years' worth into into that last little week. But, uh, you know, I was uh, lucky and unlucky at the same time. I actually had to head back to the States on the Tuesday morning, but I was still getting pictures and videos well into that week on, you know, Thursday and Friday. And then there were some pretty pretty seedy-looking characters by the end of it. So it was, uh, no, it was awesome. And just, you know, seeing a lot of people that have been significant parts of this organisation for almost the entirety of, its existence, you know, including those 43 years. It was just really cool to see a lot of people who have had a lot to do with things over the journey. So it was a, it was a really cool experience. It would have been, as would have been the visit to Parliament House this Tuesday, the team going there, uh, invited as a result of winning that championship. How was that experience? That, that was really that was really cool, actually. That was something I'd never done that. Um, so that was something that, you know, we're, there's all the questions. A lot of us knew baseball, and that's about it. So there's a lot of questions about what you know, what we're meant to wear, and all that kind of stuff, and <laughs> how we're meant to stand. But um, I don't think we embarrassed ourselves too much. But yeah, it was just it was really cool, and yeah, just as I said, just to see you know firsthand the support that we're getting, you know, from from a lot of people in power, it was just really cool, and it was a pretty good eye opener for me personally, with just how much support we actually do get in this state, which is it's awesome. Yeah, it certainly is awesome. Now, on to this season. You become the hunted this year after winning it last year. Do you think that that means that teams potentially might change the way they play against you? I mean, they're obviously going to be up and about knowing that you are the champions from last season, but is that something that you have to factor in? Um, Yeah, maybe a little bit. You know, we've been kind of around the mark for the last four or five years, so... It hasn't really changed the way we prepare so much. And there seems to be a pretty good buzz around the group right now where it almost created a little bit more hunger, you know. So it's exciting and it it is obviously a little bit different given that, you know, we are trying to defend the shield as opposed to go and steal it. But um, it doesn't really change too much. And I can't really speak for the other teams, but all, all we can control is what's in our own backyard. And I think we're in a pretty good spot and ready to roll tomorrow. Nick Ward had a fantastic season last year. It's good to have him back on the roster. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. He's a, you know, he's a real leader, and we're we're very lucky. We've we've kind of really grown as a group in the last, you know, pretty much since about 2018 or 2019. We started off just with a whole lot of babies, and now we have a lot of those guys have grown up, and we've really mixed in some experience, just like Nick, as you mentioned, in that group. And you know, he he's invaluable to the younger players, and yeah, an amazing asset in his own right. So just having him round and 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 like-minded figures is it's as I said, invaluable, and it's going to be really cool to see him work with those young guys. Speaking of uh, players, you've got a couple of players in the Aussie under-24 side currently playing. They played today, took on uh, Korea. Um, Rickson Wingrove's over there, Liam Spencer's over there, and uh, another guy called Briley Knight, who's coming back from college. Tell us a little bit about him. Yeah, Briley's an interesting one. His, his dad's actually a really good mate of mine and actually was the head coach of our team um, when I was transitioning into coaching, actually. So we became really close, and he was just, you know, the little energetic kid that was running around the place. He was splitting time at that point between the States and here. Um, so his dad's American. So he, he spent the majority of his life growing up in America. So, you know, we kind of threw an olive branch out to him about 18 months ago, whether or not he'd have any interest once school was done. And, you know, he, he's come in, and, you know, he's like a a bull at a gate. Everything he does is about 115%, which is, it's fun to watch. He's a little nuggety fella, but, you know, he, he leaves everything out in the field, as cliche as that sounds. But I'm really excited to see him have a crack against some of the best we have to offer. Now, Chris, uh, Bonds mentioned Nick Ward. My favourite first baseman, Rickson Wingrove, had a sensational season last year. 
and has since gone on and had the opportunity overseas. He's part of the Philadelphia Phillies squad. The opportunity for him and the other guys that have played and I guess catapulted themselves from the winning the Giants championship but into the American scene. Yeah, that was that was huge. I, I was I was really lucky to be so the team I was with with the Phillies this year. We actually had about eight guys from our Giants team on that same team. Wow! So that was um, it was really cool. Like they had a taste of winning out here, and you know really took it back to the states with them, and you know were really important figures in the clubhouse. And you know Rickson or the big pig as we call him, um, <laughs> yeah, he, he's well and truly in the middle of all that. You know leads the celebrations and leads a lot of the antics in the locker room, but. You know, he, he leads on the field as well. So And he continues to grow like in his leadership and in the way that he goes about his business. And, you know, he's going from strength to strength. But, yeah, he's definitely a crowd favourite, even though he does wear some fake pearls around his neck at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> I do love those fake pearls. Now, on to the Brisbane Bandits, a four-game series to open the season. The team looks like they're pretty healthy. Who will we see starting on the mound, if you can give away that information tomorrow night? Yeah, so Lachlan Wells will be on the mound tomorrow night. So he um, he missed last year. He was meant to be with us last year and ended up missing the whole season. So he's he's chomping at the bit and he's been you know preparing great. And he's he's another guy that's just awesome to have around. He's got a lot of experience in professional baseball and you know in the international competition. So you know he's going to set the tone tomorrow and and give us a chance. And then yeah, we've got plenty of other options behind him. So he's going to yeah really open the season well for us and yeah I'm excited to just see him back at this level it's going to be it's going to be cool to watch speaking of pitches uh Todd Van Steensel um are his shorts or pants any shorter this year or can they get any shorter yeah I'm not sure they can and still be legal but uh <laughs> yeah, I think they're illegal in 47 states in the United States but, uh, but uh but no he's a character and you know that's that's what I love about him I've always loved you know he He's got a little bit of a different perspective on a lot of things, which is what I love. And, you know, we've got a lot of guys that, you know, they're the best versions of themselves when they're being themselves, and he's one of them. But, you know, just to see what he's done over a really extended period of time in his career has been great. And he, he knows his body, he knows what it takes to get it in shape, and, yeah, he's raring to go as well. He's really excited to be around the place. And, yeah, it's going to be really exciting to see him work. We're speaking with Adelaide Giants coach Chris Adamson. Uh, Chris, so what about your nerves leading into tomorrow night? Are you going to be a bit nervy tomorrow? Will you wake up a bit restless? Um, yeah, possibly so. It's, I wouldn't say so much nerves, but it's just excitement. I was trying to explain to my eight-year-old last night, actually, that you know tonight is like the night before Christmas for for us or people in sport. You know, the day before opening day or round one is always really exciting. So. You know, we'll we'll just go and make sure that we're as prepared as we can be. And, you know, I think we're pretty much ready to go. So all we can do now is just get them ready tomorrow and go. But, yeah, it's just a lot of excitement as opposed to nerves, I would think. You know, there's obviously a couple of butterflies just because we care. But ultimately, if we've ticked every box in terms of our preparation, I think we'll give it a red-hot crack. Certainly will. It kicks off Friday night. So tomorrow night at 7 o'clock at home down at West Beach. So get along to see the Adelaide Giants, the reigning champions win. Now, Chris, I want to ask you, we have Scotty Ninnis on here and throw in an NBA question every now and then because I'm very interested, someone who's in the game and knows it inside out, what their thoughts are. I want to ask you about the MLB playoffs and the World Series with two teams that came from nowhere to make the World Series. What did you make of the Diamondbacks and the Rangers? Yeah, it was actually, it was pretty exciting. It was it was a little bit bittersweet for me, I must admit, like working for the Phillies and I yep. guess, you know, being a Phillies fan, it was a little bit bittersweet and I, I actually would have been there at the World Series had they made it. So there was a little bit of yeah. saltiness on my end, but 
you know, it's kind of refreshing at the same time to see some different teams, you know, in, in any sport. I think that helps grow the game. And, you know, to, for guys like that, it just really shows that, you know, come playoff time or finals time in any sport, you know, the team that gets hot and <clears throat> gets hot and galvanised at the right time has a real chance to do something, you know, really rewarding. And I actually liked it, to be honest. It wasn't like watching the Houston Astros and World Series like it seems like has been the case for, you know, the last five or ten years for the most part. So... You know, it was different and, yeah, super happy for, you know, those organisations that, you know, have rebuilt and gone through it and had some tough years and then actually got it done at the back end. So it's been good. Chris, thanks for your time. Really appreciate it. And uh, back-to-back coach sounds pretty good, doesn't it? Uh, Best of luck on the weekend. Uh, Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Chris Adamson there, the coach of the LA Giants. One thing I found quite interesting that he mentioned there was their starting pitcher in game one is Lachlan Wells. Yes. He missed all of last year. Now, you, if you're one of the better team players in the team and you miss a season and they go on and win the championship, that hunger, that fire is as great as ever. So I'm expecting and hoping for big things from Lachlan Wells and all the best to him for this year and the Giants. And there's four games over the weekend, men. So Friday night, there's two games on Saturday, one at 4 o'clock, one at uh, nine. Uh, at 7 o'clock, and then a game on Sunday at midday. So uh, make sure you get down over the weekend. It's a great spectacle down It there. is great, and we'll be going again this year we for sure, won't we? will, without doubt, be heading yeah. along to as many games as possible. Loved getting down there. I got to see them win the championship last year, which was amazing. All right, time for us to go, men's. Uh, another jam-packed show. Uh, Hooky will be with you tomorrow night. I'm off to uh, call the Sixers game against South East Melbourne. So uh, have fun tomorrow, and uh, good night, everyone. Come the Aussies. Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car. They made a grand utility vehicle. Kia Carnival GUV. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter essay.